This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. The X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All Hit Radio. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. I am Rob McConnell. If you'd like to send me an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com and all social media sites, Exxon Radio TV. And uh, to find out more about the Exxon Radio TV show, exxonradiotv.com, and to find out the programming we have available for you, 724-365 on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Along with the Exxon Broadcast Network, we are heard on the Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, uh, Radio X across Europe, Euro Radio TV in Europe, and of course on iHeartRadio. My guest this hour is David Twitchell. He is a field investigator for the Michigan chapter of MUFON. That's the Mutual UFO Network, as well as its public relations officer and newsletter editor. David has authored two nonfiction books on the subject of UFOs and co-authored The Filer Files, World Reports of UFO Sites, with George Filer. He has also authored one of the science fiction books that he describes as the UFO phenomenon from the alien's point of view. Uh, David has had an interest in the UFO phenomenon since he was uh, since he had his own experience in 1962, close encounter sighting in the presence of his entire family and hundreds of eyewitnesses in the Detroit, Michigan area. He has been a guest on numerous media shows as well as hosting his own local cable show entitled "We Are Not Alone in the Downriver Area." The one-hour radio version of the show is presently broadcast in Dearborn, Michigan on WHFR.FM, as well as on the World Wide Web. The show can be heard the first Tuesday of each month, um, and you can go and find all the information about David, his show, his books, and everything else you will need to know at www.ufoimplications.com. And for MUFON, their website is MUFON.com. And David, welcome to the X-Zone. Well, thank you, Rob. Thanks for having me on. It's great having you again with us. Uh, so what have you been up to since you and I last talked? Since we last talked? Well, uh, not much of anything other than uh, <laughs> investigating uh, UFO uh, sightings in uh, Michigan. And uh, uh, as you said, I do the uh, the uh, newsletter for, for MUFON, uh, Michigan MUFON chapter right. anyway. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, my... Uh, Last book, the the fiction book, uh, New Heaven and New Earth. Uh, that was the, the last book I have written. So uh, you know, that's a very that's a very interesting uh, premise. What the aliens think? I don't think I've ever read a book or heard of a book like that before. <laughs> well, I thought it would be something a little different, so uh, gave it a shot mm-hmm. and uh, got good feedback on it. So. I don't know. 
So tell me, are, are UFO sightings up or down or staying at an even par in Michigan? Uh, they seem to be up a little bit. Uh, of course, during the summer months, they, they're up because people are out and about and uh, they're able to see them more. You know, right. More, uh, more than they do in the, in the winter, but uh, I think there's just as many in the winter as there are in the summer. Uh, of course, eighty percent uh, of them are—they uh, can be explained mm-hmm. uh, conventional terms, and but only one or two percent are uh, out-and-out hoaxes, and the rest of them we just don't know. So, what would that leave? About two uh, percent. You know, two percent are, are hoaxes, and eighty percent are, uh, are uh, IFOs or right. identifiable objects. So I, I would uh, guesstimate that uh, good 88 percent uh, are unknowns. Now, are they ETs from the planet Melmac? I don't know. Mm. So now, but they're they're simply unknown. All right, stand by. You and I have to take our break. We'll be back in a second. Well, actually, in two minutes to be exact. And uh, when we come back, let's start talking about your very own sighting that you had that kind of catapulted you into the the job that you're doing now with our good friends at MUFON. Exxon Nation, our guest this hour, is David Twitchell. And once again, his website is ufoimplications.com. By the way, if you'd like to hear the interview that Kevin Randall did with Gary, with uh, James, or is it Jan Harzan? Visit uh, www.xzbn.net and uh, go to Kevin Randall's show entitled A Different Perspective. I'm Rob McConnell. Don't go away. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember, 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Hello, I'm Pete Marsh. With my daughter Justina, we will be presenting the new radio show, Too Good to Be True. If something seems too good to be true, it usually is. But with the help of Justina's amazing gifts, we're going to gain insight into questions that don't yet have complete answers. Have you wondered who built Stonehenge and for what reason? 
Wire crop circles found in the same region as Stonehenge and elsewhere. Are crop circles a hoax or are they created with technologies that we have little knowledge of? Who built the pyramids in Egypt and also in other countries? How and why were they built? Was the Titanic switched with the Britannic as part of a gigantic insurance fraud or for more insidious reasons? What caused the Tunguska event when trees were flattened over an 800 square mile area in Siberia? Will the new insights be too good to be true? Well, that will depend on what you are prepared to believe. Please join us as we start on this journey together. For more information on Too Good To Be True, visit www.xzbn.net. Little children aren't the only ones afraid of the dark. Millions of soldiers return from war zones with PTSD, anger, frustration, fear, and loneliness, much of which surfaces during the darkness of the night. You have the chance to change the lives of these American heroes. Songs and Stories for Soldiers.us provides free MP3 players for these men and women. With a list of 3 million songs in 16 different styles, 100,000 audiobooks, and 30,000 old-time radio programs, every veteran can find something to soothe and comfort them at no cost. All our players contain an 8-hour audio program designed to help veterans fall asleep. With 1,500-plus vets now participating, it's our goal to deliver 10,000 audio players this year. Go to our website at songsandstoriesforsoldiers.us. Help us help a veteran make it through the night. Hello, yeah, it's been a while, not much. How about you? I'm not sure why I called. I guess I really just wanted to talk to you. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, David E. Twitchell is our special guest this hour, and his website is ufoimplications.com. Dave, you say you're not a UFO believer, but you're a UFO witness. Tell us about your own personal UFO sighting. Back in 62, and I was 14 years old, Mm -hmm. so you do the math. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I was going off to bed. Uh, My whole family was going off to bed one Saturday night Uh because we had church to attend to in the the morning. Mm -hmm. And uh, I looked out my window. It was 11 o'clock at night in Michigan. And now this is Detroit, Michigan, not out in the middle of the uh, country or anything. Heavily populated uh, residential area, perfectly clear uh, summer sky, mm-hmm. and I looked out the window and there was this bright green uh, spot in in the sky, and a billowing smoke seemed to be coming out of one point in the sky with this green light behind it. I called my parents' attention to it. Pretty soon, we're out in the front lawn, all looking up as. The smoke is coming out, not clouds, mind you, but smoke is billowing out of this one point in the sky, and the colors are shimmering. Now they're not green anymore, but multicolored. And pretty soon, a humongous craft uh, uh, came through that, that point in the sky as though the sky was giving birth to this craft with these huge round uh, lights of various colors, none of which were FAA standard, and uh, it settled right over our neighborhood, right above treetop level. So uh, guesstimating about 200 feet in the, in the air. And uh, it is there pretty soon, uh, you know, and I said to my, my parents, well, what is this? Well, I don't know. And my mother said, it's the second coming. <laughs> very religious woman, yes. and she thought it was the second coming. And then I look over to my left, and I see this uh, little tornado of smoke coming down, billowing down, as if uh, an air jet was press- pushing it from the other side. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, we look up, and the craft is gone. And we just walk back into the house after this, light show, smoke and light show, and didn't say anything more about it that night, just went to bed hmm. as if nothing happened. Didn't say anything about it until the next day. And then my dad gets a, a, a newspaper, Sunday newspaper, 
and he says that the you know other people we didn't report it. My dad didn't report it, but other people had. Uh, I mean, come on, you know it's eleven o'clock at night in Detroit. Sure. Uh, other people are going to see it, right? And uh, so they had to come up with an explanation. They said that it was the Northern Lights. And I, I, even as a kid, I knew what the Northern Lights looked like. Mm -hmm. My mother had grown up in East Jordan, Michigan. My father had spent two years in Alaska. They knew what the Northern Lights looked like. And they didn't know what, what we were looking at. So uh, I realized one thing at that time that the government doesn't want to admit what what's going on, what we're seeing. I spent the rest of my life uh, trying to prove at least that my family and I were not crazy and that we saw what we saw. All these so was, Go ahead, I'm go sorry. Ahead. No, no, I was going to say all these years later, are you any closer to finding what you saw? Really was? Well, I've realized, too, as an investigator, that every question that is answered, mm -hmm. ten more are posed. Yeah. So, you know? So I don't think that uh, the human brain can wrap itself around what is really going on. I mean, I, I think it's E.T., whether it's uh, uh, from another planet or another dimension, and I once asked a, a friend of mine who was an uh, abductee, uh, is this uh, other dimensional or uh, extraterrestrial? And he said both. Extraterrestrial wow. coming through other dimensions and other dimensions coming through, uh, you know, vortexes. And I, I know that it's coming through vortexes. People say, well, they can't get here from there because... We know that because we can't get there from here. But what about black uh -huh. holes? Black holes, this is what I'm saying. This is what they oh, use. I'm okay. sure that this is what they Because I witnessed it. I don't know the, the technology behind it. Right. Uh, but <clears throat> I witnessed this this craft coming through a hole in the sky. I mean, it was well within our atmosphere. Mm-hmm up in the sky, a few hundred feet up in the sky. And so they leave, they depart there, uh, wherever they're coming from, and uh, fold time, uh, fold space and time, and just appear in our space and time. I witnessed that happen. My whole family did. My goodness. You know, it sounds as if it was uh, something out of Close Encounters of the Third Kind, where... Uh, or not even, yeah, there's a scene where the craft is coming towards the farmhouse and it comes out of a um, a plume of, 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 of smoke or a plume of fire, and the same analogy is used in Independence Day. Right. Now, when, we, when I first saw uh, Close Encounters, mm -hmm. I was with my wife at the time, and that scene came up, and those clouds, were over that farmhouse. Yeah. Uh, little boy had just been uh, abducted, yep. and she's running out after him. Mm -hmm. And I looked at that, and I said to her out loud, you know, here I am in the theater. <laughs> That's what I saw. That's exactly what I saw. <laughs> you know, quiet, Dave, quiet. <laughs> but <laughs> that's exactly what I saw. Yeah. Well, that's exactly so, what it sounded like to me when you described it. Yeah. Yeah, well... Close Encounters, was, uh, the movie was based on uh, all of these different uh, eyewitness reports that, from all around the world. Wow. And uh, they kind of made a, a collage of, of these reports uh, into one movie. As the director for MUFON in Michigan, where would you say the most heavily targeted for UFO sightings would be? Targeted in well, Michigan? Yeah, where where are the where are the where is the hottest UFO spot in Michigan? There isn't. No way. There isn't. No, no. It's just you know, a pop up here or there. I mean, you can't go out to X place mm -hmm. and uh, sit there and <laughs> wait for a UFO. Okay. Just get a report from X place. Right. And uh, and then it's someplace else. So I, I really could not uh, 
could not pinpoint a certain location. Let me ask you, do you have any reason to believe that you were abducted on that or any other occasion? Yes. Uh, I didn't at the time. And, of course, my sister, Mm -hmm. she is uh, three years my senior. Right. She witnessed the thing, and she had no, she had never had any belief in UFOs or anything. uh, You know, she was very Christian. She's very Christian, too. Right. And. Uh, you know, God couldn't make uh, other people on other other planets. You know, we're we're the only thing going. Well, <clears throat> when I wrote my first book, The UFO Jesus Connection, she read it just because her brother wrote it. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I in the book I give some uh, descriptions of uh, what abductees experience. Mm-hmm. And when she was done reading it, she called me, and she said, kind of kind of funny, kind of cute, she says, are there any other books on this subject? Wow. <laughs> I said, there's a couple. <laughs> so bottom line is, she came over to my house, and mm-hmm. she sat down, and she said, why are these things happening to me? The same thing that are happening to other people. Uh, in fact, I, I uh, recommended uh, Bud Hopkins uh, witnessed, and she read that book, and she says, why are these things happening to me? Hmm. And so many things that happened to her since she was a child. Since she was a child, uh, she thought it was normal for people to float out of their beds, through the walls, and uh, drift along, you know. My goodness. Yeah, she thought that was normal. So she didn't say anything about it. Right. You know, anyway, so at any rate, um, come to find us, so we, I recommended a, a psychiatrist or psychologist, I mm-hmm. should say, who uh, who uh, hypnotized abductees in his spare time. And she and I went to him and she was regressed, took us back, took her back to that that very uh, sighting that I, I had told you about. Mm-hmm. And she testified under hypnosis that she watched them take me into the craft, and then they took her into the craft. And when we returned, our parents were standing on the front lawn looking up like they were mannequins. So they were kind of frozen in time. Wow. So, uh, so I guess they don't, I'm the reject. They don't want me. They, (laughs) they took me that one time. They don't want me anymore. But she's had many experiences where she witnessed the onset. She remembers the onset of the uh, abduction and, uh, and the aftermath but doesn't recall the abduction. Is it possible that you've been abducted more than once, but there is no recall or no witness to your abduction? Uh, It's possible, but the reason I doubt it is that one abduction that uh, my sister attests to, Mm -hmm. I recall the onset of it. Right. I don't being abducted, but I recall seeing the craft, uh, you know, us all out there on the lawn, and and then the aftermath. The you know the craft is gone, and we walk back into the house, not saying anything, which is very very typical of an, an abduction. And um, so that one time, but and no other time, do I recall the the onset or, or aftermath of an abduction. Now my sister, for example, one time she walks down the hall all the way of her apartment mm-hmm. into her bedroom, which the lights were off. And she gets to the door of her bedroom, and she sees a, her bedroom is flooded in the typical blue light. And she's standing there wondering where this blue light cut is coming from. Right. And with the snap of your fingers, she's sitting on the end of her bed. The light is gone. She had gone from her doorway to the end of her bed, which was in the other end of the room. And she just gets up and gets ready for bed and goes to bed. Hmm. So there's the onset, the aftermath, and nothing in between. 
and this has happened to her many times, this has happened to many abductees many times, where I don't have that uh, onset and aftermath like I did that one time. So why so do that's you... Why I, Listen, we've got to go take a, we've got to take our break. This is very interesting. Please stand by, my friend. Exonation. David uh, E. Twitchell is our special guest, and we'll get back with David in a couple of minutes after the news as we continue from our broadcast center here in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. My name is Rob McConnell, and to the thirty-two thousand one hundred and seventy-six people who emailed us about putting the music back into the show, your wish is my command. are our personal gateways into infinite wisdom. Don't miss Shamanic Counselor and Indigenously Trained Dream Decoder Sandra Corcoran's inspiring book, Shamanic Awakening Between the Dark and the Daylight. This remarkable work chronicles Sandra's 35 years of experience with diverse wisdom keepers and her initiations throughout the Americas and across the British Isles, Turkey, Greece, and Egypt. Sandy's knowledge of symbology, psychology, and myth influenced her dream blog and workshops. Sandy offers private tarot readings, international journeys, a meditative CD, as well as her book, Shamanic Awakening, to encourage you as you navigate this earthwalk, creating a deeper connection to yourself and all that is. Find this and more at Sandy's website, StarwalkerVisions.com. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. How would you like to be able to read other people's minds? Well, the next best thing is here. When you know how to read a person's name, you know how the person thinks, feels, and behaves. Each letter in our name holds a key to unlock our true essence. Our name contains both our gifts and challenges in this lifetime. Nemology science discovers personality secrets hidden in the placement of the letters of our names, including the first and last impression people remember about us. Sharon shows us how to interpret the arrangement of letters as outlined in her book, Know the Name, Know the Person. Sharon Lynn Wyeth created Nemology Science after 18 years of research and testing her theories and has supported thousands of people around the world in understanding themselves and others better. You'll enjoy Sharon's unique teachings as she shares her system to learn the gifts behind your given birth name. Even if you don't like your birth name, there are jewels in this book. If you're thinking of changing your name, ready to name your child, or wanting to get along better with others, this is the book for you. If you'd like to improve your relationships and change your life for the better, get the book today. Know the name, know the person. Or visit www.knowthename.com. That's www.knowthename.com. Hello, I'm Justina Marsh, and with my dad, Pete, we are going to present a new show called Too Good to Be True. Together, we are aiming to discover more truths about this world and beyond. Do you have unanswered questions about the world? Do you ever wonder about aliens, conspiracy theories, or the universe? There are many shows discussing subjects such as pyramids or UFOs, but we want to relay this information based on our own research, including from spiritual means. Hopefully, listeners will be helped with their own beliefs and will appreciate the psychic insights that add to the previous research and information. We both look forward to sharing this insight and beginning this journey with our listeners. Visit xzbn.net for more information about when to listen. See 
And welcome back, everyone. David E. Twitchell is our special guest this hour. He is with MUFON. In fact, he is the um, the Michigan field investigator for the uh, Michigan chapter of MUFON. Their website is www.mufon.com. But if you'd like to find out more about David, his website is ufoimplications.com. All right, David, so why do you think, after all the years you've done investigating UFOs after your experience, why do you think certain people are abducted and others are not? What do you think the criteria for abduction, abductee is? What's the criteria? I think it's uh, all random. I really do. And that said, it, it follows in uh, a family line. Mm-hmm. In other words, if uh, you're an abductee, chances are your parents were abductees and at least maternal parents, their maternal parents, or paternal uh, parents were abductees as well. Uh, it seems to follow in, in, uh, in family lines. So is that, has, has your father or mother ever been abducted? They have never mentioned that. They never mentioned that. But they wouldn't, because they really wouldn't know. And my sister would not have known if she hadn't gone to this um, psychologist Mm -hmm. and been hypnotized. If she hadn't have read my book and then Bud Hopkins' book, uh, she would not have had a clue. She just wrote these things off as one of those things, or it must have been a dream, or I don't know what that was, but it couldn't have been (laughs) alien abduction because there is no such thing. You know what I'm saying? So how has your sister's alien abduction changed her life? Well, she has, she has had to uh, you know, come to terms with mm-hmm. her, her religious beliefs and uh, that of what she now knows to be the truth is that she's an abductee, is that there are other beings in, in, in the world, uh, in the world, in the universe, you right. know? Uh, she's come to the uh, realization that the greater the the greater the universe, the greater the God. Okay, so so she's able to uh, acclimate the the, the two uh, realities. Um, those people who have had alien abduction experiences, uh, how has it? affected their religious beliefs? I think that uh, the religious beliefs, I think it depends on the individual. Some uh, want to give up their religious beliefs because they feel betrayed. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Bible has lied to me. Uh, I'm not the... uh, the best thing going, uh, one step below the angels, you know. Uh, and others cling more to their religion. You know, God help me in this right. matter. Uh, <laughs> and, well, the, the greater the uh, universe, the greater the God, that type of thing. So it depends on the individual. Uh, I don't, personally, I don't think it, it affects uh, the religious beliefs one way or the other. I... I believe in a, a spiritual creator, but <clears throat> I think that uh, you know it's like my, my UFO Jesus connection. That book uh, tries to let people know that I'm not saying that Jesus and God were just aliens and flying saucers, but <clears throat> there's a uh, spiritual side and there's a physical side. So Ezekiel's wheel within a wheel and mm-hmm. Moses' pillar of fire and cloud was uh, the physical side. And uh, these beings that came to them are trying to uh, impart spiritual, uh, you know, help, them sp- help mankind spiritually. They were more spiritually advanced. So you're... Uh, they were the- so basically, you're, you're saying that the Bible is is evidence that there's more to the UFO phenomenon than we actually understand. Yes, I think that 
think that uh, the Bible is one of the best uh, UFO books of all time. But what about those yeah. people whose religious philosophies, you know, don't include the Bible? Religious, or you mean people who feel that they're spiritual but not religious? Well, uh, people who, for example, the, the members of Islam, uh, the Buddhists, uh, and and other religious uh, beliefs, where there is where there is no. Uh, interpretation within their book that there could be an extraterrestrial connection? Well, for example, uh, in India, mm-hmm. the uh, Vimanas, right. that, uh, are, but, yeah, uh, they believe that they were uh, craft UFOs, so, so to speak. They didn't call them UFOs, they called them Vimanas. Mm-hmm. But uh, they were these physical craft that... Uh, the gods, quote-unquote, the gods came down in, and uh, these were uh, intelligent beings from elsewhere, be it uh, another planet, another uh, galaxy, or another dimension, but they're physical beings. And uh, they're very spiritual people. Uh, They may not believe in the Bible, per se, but they have their own uh, doctrine. They have their own... But there are those who are now believing that the examples in the Bible were a way for, and other religious books, ancient religious books, were just another way of trying to explain the world around them, the their existence, their being, the stars in the skies, and other mysteries that they shared with other civilizations way back then, that today, based on our knowledge of science and quantum physics and everything we're learning, are no longer mysteries, and we can easily explain them scientifically. So I guess another question I, I, I ask many people is, what would happen if the events that occurred or are purported to have occurred in the Bible way back then, what happens if they would have happened today? How would the account be different? I think that the uh, I think that's the whole point of my book, UFO Jesus Connection, is that the what happened back then, mm-hmm. what they witnessed back then and reported back then were forerunners of today's UFOs. So these things are happening today, but we don't look at them as, as gods or demons anymore. We look at them as UFOs and gotcha. extraterrestrial or other dimensional, where back then they could only... Uh, only report what they witnessed within the framework of their own reference. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah. So the only thing that was in the sky was the the sun, the stars, the moon, the birds, and the clouds. So anything above treetop level had to be one of those things. So when they saw a UFO, this was a cloud, except the cloud was metallic and the cloud had beings inside and the cloud landed, and the beings came out of the cloud and talked to them, okay? So today, we wouldn't say that was a cloud. We know that wasn't a cloud. We know it wasn't a planet. Mm-hmm. So what was it? It was a craft. Well, was it a craft back then? Was it, was it a government uh, a prototype back, you know, 4,000 years ago? I don't think so. But what happens, you know, like, I, I understand where you're coming from, and I can certainly see where you're coming from, but that's one side of the coin. The other side of the coin is it's strictly mythology, a way to a way to understand. Maybe there was no cloud. You don't forget the book of Genesis and the first four books of the Old Testament were written by Moses. You know, so he had a lot to stake in there, and it was just a way, in my opinion, to try and put some some rule and order into a society that had so many questions. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, a little little bit of both is going on there. I mm-hmm. think that uh, some of the things that they had to, uh, you know, it's just myth and uh, didn't really happen. But I think that things like uh, Ezekiel's wheel within a wheel, I think that really happened. And what was it? 
it was some kind of a, a, a craft. You know what I'm saying? Or was it a dream within a dream? Described by Ezekiel as a wheel within a wheel. Something we call lucid dreaming. Yeah. That's well. a possibility, too. But I don't think that you can uh, attribute every everything that you read in the Bible to just myth and, and dreams. And, uh, you know, there was the, the dream about the uh, Jacob's Ladder. Mm-hmm. The ladder, the angels going up and down that ladder. Sure, because that's how they got to heaven. Yeah, right. And uh, my sister, under hypnosis, reported going up a ladder mm-hmm. into the craft. Now, was this the same thing as Jacob's ladder that Jacob saw? And angels going up and down, were those the beings that were going up and down? I can't say. Or was this a metaphor for her ascending, since she didn't have any wings? The only way to go up is by a ladder. Okay. So how else would she have gone up? Not wings, not a ladder, but what? Factor beam? You know, uh, a lot of people put faith in hypnosis. I I am not one of those people who give credence to any form of hypnosis. Because we know for a fact that hypnosis can be manipulated by the director or the person who is doing the hypnosis. For example, even Bud Hopkins' wife, Jane, said that hypnosis was the biggest bunch of bunk she ever saw. It was like a sideshow. So, and this is coming from Bud Hopkins's better half, you have to wonder how much credibility actually went into all these alien abduction scenarios and hypnosis sessions that Bud actually did. Well, I didn't, I wasn't real close to Bud Hopkins, but I, I, mm-hmm. I was kind of like acquainted. Right. And uh, I know there was a lot of vindictiveness going on with, with that uh with his wife uh, when they divorced. And uh, I don't know what the deal was, huh, but I knew that the, there was vindictiveness. Yeah. Now, was she trying to uh, discredit him? I don't know. I can't claim she was. Right. But... Uh, you know, there's three sides to every story, my friend. His side, her side, and the truth. And you and I have to take... You and I have to take our final break for this hour. Please stand by. Exonation. David E. Twitchell is our guest. His website is ufoimplications.com. And if you have a UFO report that you'd like to file, www.mufon.com. I'm Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon. Don't go away. Hi everyone, Rob McConnell here, and I wanted to spend a moment on internet streaming. Everybody has heard about internet streaming, but not many know much about it. Did you know the internet streams just about everything? Movies. From new releases to old classics. TV shows. Almost every show, every episode, and much more. But the question has always been, how do you do it? Well now, thanks to the folks at 123 Ready TV, I have the answer for you. They have developed a simple program app, 123 Ready TV, that you install on your Windows PC, Android smartphone, or Android tablet that can have you streaming like a pro in less than five minutes. You truly won't believe how much is available or how easy it is to do until you try. And for a one-time cost of only $19.99, this product is a real winner. To learn more about 123 Ready TV, visit our website at www.xzbn.net. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. 
For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. True healing must address four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, for us to live joyful and productive lives. We tend to treat three of the four, leaving the spiritual languishing. If you're tired of the same dysfunctional patterns cropping up in your life, soul balancing is for you. Trixie Phelps, owner and founder of Soul Balancing, is a naturally gifted energy healer trained in numerous esoteric forms, including shamanism. Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. A soul balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world. There's a legend shared by many indigenous cultures of a time when the nations were cast to the four corners of the world. Each nation was given a body of sacred knowledge that held a different portion of the truth to preserve. True reality could not be known until all the nations reunited, combining the information. If a single one was missing, the world could not be reborn and darkness would prevail. The Science of Magic Radio is dedicated to reuniting the sacred knowledge. With the understanding, none of us has all the answers, but together we can open new perceptions and possibilities. Through our combined vision, the world can be reborn into a place where darkness no longer prevails. Join me, Gwilda Wiecka, and the Science of Magic daily on the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net, or visit us at thescienceofmagic.net. And welcome back, everyone. David E. Twitchell is our special guest this hour, www.ufoimplications.com. And don't forget, if you would like to report a UFO sighting, www.mufon.com. By the way, The Night Before by the Beatles is always played for one person on this show. It has been for the last, oh my gosh, we were, we were with uh, Talk Star going back to 2001. So that's, what, 16 years we've been with Talk Star now. That song is always played for my good friend, Ed Shiflett, the uh, COO and Chief of Engineering Projects at Talkstar. There you go, Ed. First night back, you get your music back. Dave Twitchell's our special guest. Uh, we've been talking to David about his sighting. We've talked to David about his sister's abduction scenario. We've talked to David about his book, The UFO Jesus Connection. Uh, David works uh, with MUFON. He's an investigator with MUFON. He does the Michigan MUFON newsletter and much more. But David, I'd like to ask you, you know, I've had Steve Bassett on the show a number of times. I I like Steve. Uh, I I like what he's doing to, you know, work against uh, getting the disclosure done. 
But all these years later, nothing has been accomplished except a lot of noise. You know, what's going on? Why hasn't there been disclosure yet? Uh, I always say on, on my show, uh, I have a radio show called uh, We Are Not Alone, mm-hmm. and uh, I always, I've had Steve Bassett on my show as well. <clears throat> Excuse me. I always say that uh, I think disclosure is going to happen when E.T. decides that disclosure is going to happen, and they're the ones that are going to disclose it. Because I cannot see our government slash military coming out and saying <clears throat> we're being visited by uh, more advanced race, with more advanced uh, technologies and more advanced weapons. Well, you know, that's that's really great if the military and the government have full control of the release of information. But we've found out in the past that WikiLeaks and whistleblowers within the government are releasing documents to prove that the government has conspired or covered up things in the past. And yet no one... No one, whether it be the Russians, the Americans, the American whistleblowers, the Chinese, or any other hacker, has been able to provide any evidence whatsoever that there are documents pertaining to the UFO phenomenon. And I I don't think that if there was that information, that a cover-up of all these different people would be feasible. So how come whistleblowers... WikiLeaks or anybody else hasn't, you know, displayed that information. Because if if Russia wanted to discredit the United States, or if China wanted to discredit the United States, all they'd have to do is get that document that UFOs are real, that the United States government has been covering up the the fact, and the credibility of the government would cease to exist instantaneously. So why hasn't that happened? I think the Disclosure Project has many uh, uh, government witnesses and uh, military witnesses that uh, that have have the uh, documents, uh, have access to the documents, like uh, John, uh, all the F- FAA, uh, can't think of his last name now, but uh, he was in charge of the investigation of the uh, Japan airline uh J.A.L. going into Alaska, over Alaska airspace. Right, right. Yeah. John Callahan. Yeah. John Callahan. And uh, he has the uh, radar uh, uh, readouts and uh, everything else on, on that, uh, that subject. So there is uh, uh, a ton of circumstantial evidence. Ah, you see, that's the key word, circumstantial. There is no smoking yeah. gun. There well, is no smoking gun. I, I think if you uh, put enough circumstantial evidence to, uh, together, you will have a smoking gun. The thing is, you have so many uh, eyewitnesses, so many that have uh, witnessed these things that have been part of the cover-up that have come forward, and uh, officials that have come forward. Uh, isn't that official uh, uh, disclosure? I mean, would a, would a, a sitting U.S. president making the same statement make it any more uh, official? Well, not... Listen. There are so many UFO investigators now who are changing the course of their belief. For example, take a Lieutenant Colonel Kevin Randall. He was one of the biggest proponents for the Roswell crash, the alleged Roswell crash. And now he's saying there's too much... Um, disinformation that has been discovered about the Roswell crash, it cannot be taken seriously. Hmm. Well, I cannot speak to the Roswell crash. It happened before my birth, okay? Okay, mine too. I cannot speak to uh, any other uh, witnesses or uh, abductees, uh, alleged abductees. Mm -hmm. I can only speak to what I witnessed. And you take what I witnessed, and I know it's true. I can't prove it. Yeah. But I'm true. But you take every one of those that know it's true, and you put them together, and you've got some kind of a, a, I would say, smoking gun. You know, we offered money 
for people to come on to a show that I was doing, a TV show, to to take a lie detector test on what they were saying about their UFO encounters. And do you know not one person would take us up on it? Kidding. Huh. So what, does that, what does that tell you? Where do I have to go? <laughs> you know? We, going back uh, when I was at uh, 610 CKTB in St. Catharines, uh, I was not only the host of the Exxon, but I was also the executive producer for the uh, stations. We had a sponsor, the Flying Saucer Restaurant in Niagara Falls, who put up $1 million that would go to anyone who could provide us proof of the existence of a UFO. We got a lot of garbage a lot of garbage, a lot of junk, but nothing, I mean absolutely nothing, that bared any resemblance to an actual part of a UFO. Who was it that said, if you only give me the ashtray from, from the, uh, from the US, UFO, <laughs> something like that. You know, so it's not as if people don't want to believe. Like, I want to believe, but I want proof. Like, I've been doing this show for 26 years, four guests a night, five nights a week. Then I do my TV show. And all of these people that I've had on the show that talk about UFOs, Roswell, New Mexico, uh, Dolce, the Hidden Bases, Area 51, and all this, it's, it's great talk. But nobody has any proof. And, um, and the majority of these people who have been involved in the UFO uh, phenomenon have come and gone. Hmm. So yeah. how, how is John Q. Public supposed to take ufology seriously? Like 26 years, I was talking to another guest earlier tonight, and he's a journalist. Nothing has changed over the years. Nothing. There has been no new evidence. There has been no new sightings. There hasn't been a smoking gun. I'm sure there have been a lot of new sightings. I'm sorry, but when it comes to when it comes to the credibility, and everybody has a cell phone that has a high definition camera in it. There are webcams. There are car vans. There are there are, there are cameras all over the place, and still that all conclusive photo has yet to be taken. Something is wrong here. Well, I don't know what you're saying, Rob. Uh, are you saying that what I saw was a dream? No, I'm not saying that. I wasn't there. I wasn't there. Mm. But what I'm saying is, with all of these people who claim to have seen something, all of these people who 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 talk about the conspiracy, the cover-up, where is any proof of even a conspiracy or a cover-up. You know, the um, Majestic 12 papers have been proven to be a phony, a hoax. Uh, you've got all this deceit, all this deception. And the hard part for people to swallow is it's not the members of the public that has been con deceiving and um, pulling the wool over the public eyes. It's been members of the UFO community itself. So how well, do, I think that that's where investigation and constant investigation uh, comes in. We mm -hmm. just have to keep investigating until that that uh, silver bullet uh, appears. You know. Uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. But I, I I also believe that a lot of these sightings that people are seeing are experimental aircraft, military aircraft that they don't know what they're seeing, so the mind kind of puts, uh, you know, fills in the little blanks. And this is where a number of the UFO reports are coming from. And, you know, it's hard for a person to admit that they saw a, um, a classified aircraft or an experimental aircraft. It's a lot easier for them to say, I saw a UFO from another planet or whatever. But anyway, we must say so long for now. Dave, I want to thank you so much for joining us. Great pleasure talking to you. And Exxon Nation, our guest this hour has been David E. Twitchell, and he is with MUFON. I'll be back on the other side of this break, and if you'd like to find out more about David, his website is ufoimplications.com. And like I said, to re file a report of a UFO sighting, www.mufon.com. 
等各位。